Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Postalka, and with me today, I have Lori McDonald from Brilliance Business Solutions. Brilliance Business, see, I I tongue-tied a little bit, but I think I got it out right. You got it. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Damon. I am too. I am too. I mean, I am just, it, it is cool to have you on because your background, what you're doing now, helping helping people with their their digital commerce and for manufacturers and really showing them the way to uh, make it easier for their customers. Yes. Yeah. So Lori, t- let's start with your background. Let's talk a little bit about your college, your degree kind of thing, and then work into, you know, what what brought you to where you're at today? Yeah. So my story, I went to Purdue in computer electrical engineering. And what most people remember about me is that I ended up as a flight controller at NASA Johnson Space Center for uh, for the space shuttle program. I threw an internship at Purdue. I started working as a co-op student at NASA and then eventually worked there full time when I graduated from college. I ended up meeting my husband there. He also was an engineering student at Purdue. He also was a flight controller at NASA. And uh, so we lived in Houston, Texas for a few years. Uh, My husband actually ended up going to work for Rockwell Automation out of a field office in Houston, Texas originally. And then he had a job promotion that brought us to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to Rockwell's headquarters here in Milwaukee, which is where I'm at today. Uh, My husband and I both grew up in the Midwest, so this was closer to home. And uh, yeah, and so that was in 1998. We, We ended up relocating to Milwaukee and I was trying to figure out what could be as cool as space. And so ended up deciding to start a web development company because, um, you know, there's not a space program in Wisconsin. And the the web's a pretty amazing place to be. The internet in 1998, it was a lot different than it is now. Um, And it kind of decided based on my technical background and also my husband's experience at Rockwell. uh, Dave, my husband, Dave, managed the largest data warehouse at Rockwell Automation. So their point of sale database for all of Rockwell's distributors. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And so we were kind of uniquely equipped to understand the complexities that exist for manufacturers and distributors in um, with data, you know, and when when a lot of organizations get into web development, agencies get into web development, they didn't necessarily have that technical expertise, uh, uh, especially on the B2B side. And so that became our niche at, at Brilliance is focusing on helping manufacturers and distributors implement e-commerce. And uh, my husband left his job at Rockwell 10 years ago, and now he leads our development team. And we've grown. We made the Inc. 5000 list last year. Nice. Um, So, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I I love, and this is a really fun business, helping manufacturers and distributors who haven't previously sold online uh, figure out how that strategy helps them grow their business. Yeah, yeah. And it's such an interesting, interesting space, too, because I think that, the the other thing that's happening too is the tools to do this are getting easier, more affordable, and more mainstream. 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, so we've been in business for like 23 years Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, like in the beginning we were everything we were building, you know, from scratch pretty from much, scratch, you know, yeah. we were writing code for all of it. And now that there's really great tools that, you know, are many kind of off the shelf tools that you can use that really help the process um, and, and make it easier for development teams, but also to your point, make it less expensive for customers. Yeah. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit because yep. I got to talk about the NASA flight controller <laughs> thing for a second. Sure. So, you, you know, there's, there's multiple people that are on the flight control team, I'm sure. Lots. Yes. Yeah. So was there a specific part? I mean, were you like yeah. watching a set of the, the con, you know conditions that you're watching and this is what you're focused on? How did that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was I was on the INCO team, which stands for instrumentation and communication. So we were in charge of the um, the the communication between the space shuttle and the ground uh -huh. and the data. And so my first job when I was on the team was as a data com. Uh, which was in charge of basically there were, you know, data recorders on board the space shuttle that yeah. you always had to make sure that it, one of them was running to record, you know, kind of when you think about like a black box on yep. an airplane, make sure data is being recorded in case there's an interruption in communication with the ground. We've got the data recorded. We can play back later. So I got to send commands to the space shuttle in the Inco group. We're the only group that could send commands to the space shuttle. So that's a pretty cool yeah. job. Yeah. And then eventually I worked as an instrumentation officer, which is where you watch sensors and data so that if all of a sudden a bunch of sensors start to report um, low, like it might be because there's a circuit failure somewhere and that data is not giving you good, accurate information. So that was a, but, but to your point, it's a team. Um, you know, that was one of the, you know, I was, when I started there, I was, you know, a sophomore in college when I started yeah, at NASA. Yeah. What an amazing, I got to work with people that have been there since the Apollo program, you know, just oh, amazing, wow. extremely talented. Everyone I worked with there was, it was so talented and you really get um, to know what it's like to work on a team of, of really excellent people. Um, mm -hmm. And also like what it's like to need to be able to, you know, give an answer quickly <laughs> and oh, have yeah. to train and prepare to really be, you know, we run a lot of simulations. Um, you know, the fun thing is now looking back, um, there's a lot of kind of similarities between what I do today and what I did then, you know, we still have practice. We, we practice a launch before we actually take a, a website yep. live, you know, uh, we come up with contingency plans for if something goes wrong with a website rollout, the, the stakes are much lower. Yes. <laughs> Our clients may not think so, but the stakes are lower with what the work we do today than with them for yeah. uh, space yeah. shuttle flights. But anyway, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And I've got to, I've, I've just got to imagine the amount of data that you want to collect in something like that. And, and then too, just the simple fact of how do you communicate at something that's moving that fast with something that's moving that fast too. And sure. it just, there's just all kinds of challenges when you get down into it. Yeah. Well, um, and you know um, I mean, the technology you know, it wasn't really high tech, really. I mean, we yeah, the space yeah. shuttle, right? You know, it was yeah, really yeah. old technology. And so really what's pretty amazing is did the, the you know, the spatial team did really amazing work. And a lot of that was based on systems and processes that were set up and repeated. You know, there was a lot of training that went into preparing to, to ensure um, to your point, like there, there's a limited amount, like in, even in terms of like talking between team members that could happen on the ground. You know, we were we had a back office room that that I was in that supported a front office that you see a front room that you mm -hmm. see 
uh, like on Apollo 13, you see the front room of people that are sitting out there, but they had a whole back room of operators that were supporting them. Um, wow. So it's just really interesting to see how all of those systems work together to create, um, you know, for, to support spaceflight. Um, and then just to think in that in terms of like how, how effective systems really work together. Yeah. Well, that's a great experience, too, because when yeah. you're looking in what you're doing, working on what you're doing now, I mean, you might have a website that's interacting with the ERP system that's connected to the CRM, that's connected to some sort of payment system or a bank or whatever that you're running, running yeah. things through. So you have a lot of dissimilar systems that you need to make work together. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I learned that they taught us in simulations, you know, we would have experiences where something would go wrong. You know, you want things to go wrong in the simulations so they don't go yeah. wrong, you know, or so you know what to do if something goes wrong in a real flight. Um, but, you know, what what a lot of our training was around was like when something goes wrong, like how to think, how to troubleshoot, right? How to think through like is is what it looks like is wrong actually what is wrong or could it be something else? Yeah. And I think those kinds of problem solving skills are, you know, to your point, when you've got all these interrelated systems speaking to each other are, are directly applicable to the work that uh, I, I and my team do today. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. It's great. And like you said, that experience carries forward. So, yeah. so you decided to start Brilliance. You're doing that. And did you start out in manufacturing and distribution or, or, no. or did you kind of just start out <laughs> building websites and doing that? Kind yeah, of we would build websites for whomever would pay us, you know, yeah, yeah. a dentist office, friends yeah. of my parents, uh, whomever, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the way most small businesses start. Right. Yeah. And then we realized, you know, my background was in engineering, not in marketing or advertising or design. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, when you think of a website, a lot of companies that are in web development, it, you know, especially, well, in 98, websites looked a lot different than they yes. do now. But yes. a lot of them were more on the marketing side. Yeah. And so what I realized earlier, really, I written an article on how to accept credit cards online and publish that online. And then um, a, a manufacturer that was in um, New York and Pennsylvania, they, they, uh, they found the article and they, um, you know, the story they told me was that they found a hundred companies, they narrowed it down to three and they picked us. Um, part of it probably was at the time, I think I was cheaper than a lot of the other options they were looking at, okay. but what, but what also, but one of the reasons that they picked us was because of our, my technical experience, technical background, yeah. and because they had, they had some really, um, and this is true. A lot of the customers we worked with, um, you know, their, their ERP was a legacy system. They had inventory on index cards that like oh, not wow. all their data was in their ERP. Yeah. And they, they had this really complex pricing setup and they wanted to sell products online. Um, and they, they had these really big corporate accounts that their salespeople took orders for, but they wanted to start selling the smaller accounts. And they thought, you know, the, the web could help them. Yeah. And what we realized in our work for that customer was that they were really an ideal account for us because it really played to my strengths technically and and our understanding of data and data integrations. And so then, you know, like in many instances, we realized what worked and then we looked for more of it and found yeah. that we really could build an effective um, vertical there for us. Yeah, that's awesome because it, it is, I, I tell you, when you look across the manufacturing base, there's so many choices in ERP systems or inventory or, or whatever they're using you know it, it just there's so many different choices and little niche ones even in industries like you know could be for sheet metal or cnc machining or something like that there's a real popular industry choice for some reason yeah. and 
I've got to believe that makes it more challenging when you're trying to connect the web and any digital kind of uh, in, into inside of a business like that. Yeah. I mean, for many of our now, I mean, we've been in this a while, so we will come across, you know, an ERP that we're integrating with that we've done before. Yeah. But it's but also a lot of companies are on older systems. Yes. I mean, so I mean, that's a pretty common thing for us to come across, which means, um, you know, and depending on how the, that system is set up, um, it may not be the easiest thing to integrate with. So, you know, so um, that's just been a really great experience. We've had to, you know, we're not really afraid of any of those kinds of situations because we've we've pretty much worked through <laughs> in any of those kinds of challenges. And in, in fact, it's kind of fun now. Yeah, good, good. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and as you're, so now we're sitting here today, uh, you know, we're still in the, in the whatever stage of this pandemic and it, it really affected manufacturers and distributors well everyone obviously but but them being traditional i've got salespeople on the on the road doing their thing kind of businesses what are you seeing some of the manufacturers and dis distribution companies doing differently now to either enable uh more digital commerce or make it easier for their people and those kind of things yeah, those are great, great questions. You know, what's interesting is that for some of our customers who invested in digital ahead of COVID, uh, I mean, you know, certainly in their case, they they kind of, um, you know, they saw a real uptick in their in their digital usage, you know, during COVID, and that ended up mm -hmm. being something that really helped them. Like when, when other forms of communication weren't working, when you know, when in person interactions weren't possible, a lot yeah. of people just naturally moved to digital. Yeah. But to your point, like also, uh, you know, what's been true is that people are looking for ways to. Um, leverage digital tools to sim to enable customers to self-serve, like to enable, to reduce the amount of interactions people need to have with a salesperson. And that, that was happening before COVID. Like that's not just because of the pandemic. It yeah. certainly has been accelerated by the pandemic, but some of that is also just generational shifts. People um, like younger people are less likely to want to talk to someone. And, yeah. and also because we have, you know, great, tools like Amazon and things like that, we're all a little bit less inclined. Like if we can find some way to get the answer ourselves online, we kind of would like to do that um, in general, uh, if yeah. we can versus talk. And so there's a lot of data out there around how, you know, people in general are going to do a, a large amount of research before they actually want to speak to a salesperson, whether yeah. or not they're actually going to place an order online or whether, whether they will actually like place an order with a person. And so yeah. a lot of manufacturers are recognizing that that trend is happening um, and are and are looking, it depends on, on what kind of organization they are in terms of how they address it. Like, um, so like some, if, if you're selling large equipment or a very complex uh, purchase that really needs assistance in the process, it might be that you're not, you don't plan for people to take to place their order online, but you're giving them some tools to submit a request for quote online or to gather information online. Or, um, you know, also for your existing customers, providing them with tools to look up their order history, um, previous purchases, parts reordering, often, often replacement parts are yeah. a really interesting area for manufacturers um, to move into if they haven't done any digital commerce before because it's higher margin. Um, yeah. uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, 
you know, if uh, we, we had a, a uh, have a client of ours who was talking about the fact that their, a salesperson was saying, you know, I no longer have to spend time on the $50 part order. Like I can spend that time on the $50,000, you know, yeah. equipment sale I want to make. And so that's the upside is that you can be allowing your sales team to be more efficient by leveraging these tools. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And one of the companies that we work with from time to time, Gen Alpha with uh, Chris Arrington there yes. in Wisconsin, they've got some pretty exciting things for for OEMs. You know, if you're making a a, a snowblower, a, you're a snowblower company, street sweeper company, a, you know, lawn tractor company where we have the bigger supply chains and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, yeah, that part ordering, even in the businesses that I used to run, we could, the, the, the margins are nice as a manufacturer. You, you may have your own products and have a nice margin on it, but your, your after aftermarket sales and, and service is much higher margin usually. Yeah. And uh, capturing those and making it simple too, not just capturing the margin. Now, I'm, I'm about that running businesses <laughs> and doing what I do, but the making it simple for your customers too, because a lot of times customers come, come back to the manufacturers and it's like, yeah, I, I don't see it in the book. I don't know. I don't see it online. I'm going to have to call somebody. Well, mm -hmm. we know how that works anymore. Half the time you don't want to call them or, or, or if you do, it's hard to get a hold of people. And certainly if somebody's doing it out of business hours, it makes it, it makes it challenging. Definitely. And, and just adding the simplicity of, Hey, this is a common part. Go to our parts page and you can get it. You know, yeah. it's just, just a, one or two things can make a huge difference in how that customer feels about your company. Yeah. I think about a manufacturer that we worked with that, um, you know, they had um, like one one person who pretty much was the person you that, that the salespeople, the sales team knew they needed to get a hold of this this one person to find out if they had availability for certain products. Like they just yeah. didn't have, they didn't have a very good software system internally yeah. to yeah. give that information. And so when they so you know if they had you know in their case contractors were out sell, trying to sell their products, but contractors might might use a different manufacturer's product if they weren't certain they could get it in in time. Right? If, yeah. if they weren't certain it was available. So if you had to be able to call in and find out if there was availability, and to your point, if, if, if a contractor is putting together a quote and it's off hours or the person that yeah. you need to talk to is on a lunch break. <laughs> so, you that's know, how exactly. much better it is to have inventory information available online if, if that's important to your customers. And in this case, it was. Um, and so, you know, in, in some cases, like in, in that case, they didn't actually display the actual number of items in stock because they didn't want to provide that level of visibility, but they more gave an indication um, it, it visually, like graphically of how much they had in stock. So you could know if they were low or, or they had plenty. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, but, and so that's what makes this business so interesting is that every client we work with um, like their, how their customers order are a little bit different. There, there are many yeah. things that are the same, but often, you know, different things that have to be true, be adjusted for their customers. That that is that is so true because of the different kinds of products and services that they do. You just never yeah. know. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Good, good. So when you're when you're looking at so what are the some of the new things that are coming up that are that are happening now in in the market that you're going? Wow, this is really really something. Oh, there's so much really interesting technology. I mean. Um, well, like one thing I would talk about that isn't really new, but I think a lot of um, a lot of manufacturers and distributors may not think about it is is leveraging content and commerce together. 
Um, okay. And that's really, so, you know, and this is like in a manufacturer, you've got, you've got lots of content usually, right? You have like product spec sheets and um, you might have videos about your products and manuals and catalogs. You have all of this content and finding a way to enable it to be really, and also like ideally you have a marketing team that's creating blogs and other marketing content. If you can find ways to make it really easy online for customers to move between how they're educating themselves about your content, about your products, moving to actually buying products, yeah. um, you know, those examples of like parts ordering we were talking about, if someone is doing research on um, how, how to fix, you know, some of their equipment or is doing research on how to use a product of yours and they can move from that research and education they're doing directly into purchasing a product that they could use. Um, that just helps increase your likelihood of making a sale. Yeah. So, um, and there's actually some technology that helps make that easier to happen. Um, there's machine learning technology that does um, product recommendations so that like mm -hmm. when you're on a content page, you can see some recommended products next to that content yeah. page. Um, you There's also now machine learning technology that enables you to see content recommendations, which is a, which is a kind of a new um, idea that like you, you may it, for organizations that have a lot of content. Um, you may want to enable them to, you want them to stay on your site and to keep reading, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you it, um, you can make, uh, have suggestions of what other content they would be interested in based on the content they've already read. And yeah. what's nice about that is a lot of marketing teams uh, have been way more work to do than they have time. <laughs> so while yeah. in theory, they could be putting together these like manual recommendations to have machine learning technology that automates that can be really powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, because and that, that, to, just to think of some of the workflows that would have to happen on on recommending that kind of thing, the automated technology to do it would make it much easier. Yes, definitely. Yeah, there are a lot there because the complexity as you start going down the rabbit hole and, you know, if they're looking at this, they may need to they might want to look at this compared to that and and trying to do those things manually would be rugged. Definitely. Least. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the, the another really interesting thing, um, like there's a lot of talk around having a, a holistic view of your customer, a 360 degree view of your customer. And so um, there's technology called the customer data platforms that enables you to bring all of your data on a on a customer together into one place. So, yeah. you know, all of their offline orders, all of their online orders, all of their, the chat they might've had in your live chat or in your um, customer service system, having all of that come into one place or their traffic into a retail store if you have one. Um, so all of that information is in a single system so that your, it, what it really makes really powerful is your marketing team can use that to more effectively understand, identify and message to those customers to help, um, it, to help with various campaigns they might be running, which is yeah. really interesting too. That, that is cool. That is cool. So what are, when you, when you look at some of the ways people are making things easier, you talked a little bit about finding uh, invoices and being able to look at order histories and other things. What are some of the things you think are really cool to make it easier for people to do business with some of the, the, the manufacturers you're working with? Yeah, it's a great, uh, great question. Um, so, you know, for, for in the B2B space, when you think about self-service tools, a lot of companies benefit from having 
e-commerce software that supports having multiple users that can log in from the same account. And so like traditionally in consumer facing e-commerce, you think, you know, like I log in and place an order for me. Yeah. But when you think about a business, often what's really happening is you have multiple people on within the company that are placing an order uh, and, and it can be beneficial for them to see the entire company's orders, not just my orders, but I also yeah. want to see the order that, that, you know, Jeff on my team made. And it may also be that, um, you know, some people on my team, I don't want to give the ability to purchase, but they can they can create the order and and then I approve the purchase. And so those yeah. are like purchasing workflows. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's functionality that it used to be hard to find that in off the shelf products. And the great news is now there are several products on the market that offer those capabilities. So those are good things to look for. Um, you know, other capabilities, um, you know, being able to um, view invoices, view your invoice history, not just for orders you placed online, but for the orders that, you know, your, you, your company placed with a salesperson and actually the ability to pay those invoices online, if that's something that you want to do. Yeah. Um, also, you know, the ability to submit a request for quotes, uh, to have those quotes responded to by a salesperson. Yep. Actually, you know, if you, if your sales team is able to turn quotes around faster, that just increases your likelihood of getting the business. Um, so, so those are a few of the things there's more, but those are a few. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, cause, cause what I, what I see and, and I think is really interesting is the integration of, of a sales force an outside sales force with, uh, digital methods to make it, make it more effective. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where I think the, a uh, lot of manufacturers and distribution companies look at it as a either or, but it's not really, it's, it's, it's an, it's an integration. It's like making your sales force smarter, making them, making it easier for them to concentrate on sales yeah. rather than paperwork or other things like that. And Definitely. that's the exciting part for me. I mean, I've had uh, uh, Andrew Deutsch uh, has come in and talked about AI for, you know, someone like selling for a company like Fastenal and just what AI could do, you know, when you have a hundred thousand SKUs that you sell, but I'm talking to this customer today, how does, how can we use AI to make that, that salesperson smarter for that customer by, and, and give them real, real tangible important things to talk about like hey you ordered two drums of this two months ago and you've been ordering two drums every two months i see you haven't placed an order do you need an order for that because i don't right. want you to run out and and that's the kind of stuff that i think that the the integration of the two things coming together is really cool i mean in and uh you know even even in the largest companies i think they still suffer from the fact that we're still doing business the way and it's not just manufacturing in an industrial kind of setting i mean this is in the medical industry this is in yep. a lot of other places where they've got very expensive very talented salespeople that are still shuffling paper and maybe electronic now but they're getting an email for an order here and shuffling it to somebody else that's going there that can be eliminated or at least streamlined by this process Definitely. Yeah. And to your point, so many organizations, there's some anxiety, whether it's um, whether it's from leadership or the sales team or somewhere that if we start selling products online, like usually the story goes something like this, like our business is as successful as it is because of our sales team. And if we start selling products online, 
we're going to like, we're going to undercut our sales team. And how could we do that? Because they're, they're the reason we're as great as we are. Like, and, but the reality is to, to your point, Damon, like it's not an either or it's a, it's an, and it's, it's a win-win. And so um, the key is to, to, to be able to demonstrate that, you know, we've had customers who, when a customer logs into the site, they see a picture of their salesperson on their account page along yeah. with their phone number and they they see a list of their you know their la their most frequently ordered products and the really interesting thing that happens is um you know the customers still can place orders through their salesperson um but yeah. they also they also discover products that they might not have known to ask their salesperson about <laughs> because yeah. they're you know they have a site search and they 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 may have product recommendations and other content they're reading um it actually can help grow the size of that account um and it can help can depending on how the organization sets up their comp structure can help that salesperson make more money too yeah. so it, it really can be a win-win Exactly. Exactly. I want to take just a moment because Trish was commented a while back and I missed it because we were going in, but thanks, Trish. Educated customers are the best customers. That's definitely. Sure. And yes. if you can help to educate them and they make the decision from to buy from you with the education, that's great. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it builds trust. Education builds trust on, you know, with the customer. That's a part of a, a relationship that you're creating. Um, you know, when you think about you know, the other fear I think that exists with digital, with doing business online is that people perceive if they start to sell products online, you know, there are much bigger players on the market online that they're competing against. And, yeah. you know, the Grangers or the, you know, or the Amazons, how am I going to compete for the, with these really big digital players? And the really interesting thing is that I think the small and mid-market manufacturers and distributors have a really compelling value proposition because they know, coming back to that concept of education, they know a lot. They have a lot of subject matter expertise. Yeah. And Amazon doesn't have subject matter expertise in their in the products they're selling, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're so, moving products. Yeah. They right, move exactly. products. That's they're just they selling do. products. And in many instances, customers w want some education and support and help around the products they're buying, which is why that education is so important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's cool because... You know, and as you look at some of the things that I think is is super exciting when you're looking at uh, manufacturing and distribution are the availability of configurators now. Yes. And, and some of the other technologies that's moving in because I we talk about this a lot when we're when we're looking at different things and the configurators make a custom manufacturer's life so much easier that that I I. I'm just excited every time I see a new application of it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, think about the time savings that that can pro provide to internal sales and engineering teams, depending on the configurator and the situation. But, you know, time that isn't being spent figuring out on how to how to set up that quote for a customer because they're able to self-serve is time that you can spend in a more strategic way, growing accounts. So, yes. um, you know, I haven't ever seen a situation where, uh, like people are laid off because digital commerce comes in. It's not like that because we all finding great salespeople and great uh, customer service people is a really hard thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more like we can repurpose our people into doing some really higher value add activities for organizations and not be doing the thing, the more menial tasks that, that we could be leveraging technology to do for us. Yeah. Well, and it, it makes things easier too, for people. Right. I mean, because when you, when you go back to the situation that you, you mentioned, 
happened where someone goes in and, and sells something online, but they've got a salespeople or salesperson. They've got a right. salesperson in their area. They can deal with that salesperson. Now, what does that salesperson do? Well, they, they may not have had to go out and, and get that sale, right? But they certainly can follow up with the customer and make sure that the, did it work right? Do you right. have all the information you need? And, and give that human touch that makes that, that over the top, that they couldn't do before because they were, they were trying to get the next sale. Yep. And these are the kind of things that I think that we have to refocus our salespeople a little bit too. And like, Hey, you're, you don't have to do that anymore because you yep. get to talk to people. You get to, you get to go uh, have lunch with somebody because, Hey, they, they just placed a great, great order online and you need to make sure they're happy with that order. And we need to talk about those kind of things Absolutely. rather than the next person that you're, you have to hunt down to find an order as, as much. Yeah. It reminds me, one of our clients is a distributor of industrial supplies and they win, you know, so in their case, when orders are placed for their, um, uh, that are existing accounts to, for their sales team, you know, their sales team gets, gets commission credit for, for their existing yeah. accounts. But of course, orders come into the website that are new, that have never mm -hmm. done business with the company before. And so then what happens is, you know, they divide those up and send them out to salespeople, you know, to certain salespeople. And to your point, Damon, those salespeople are responsible for following up with that customer, thanking them for their order and going yeah. through a series of activities that if they do those things, now that customer is tagged as their customer, right? Their account. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it enables our salespeople to move from being like, salespeople aren't order takers. Salespeople, no. you know, salespeople are consultants that help customers buy, you know, that yeah. can be helping them find other products that might be of interest to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 an awesome way to say that, and that's a that's a great. If people didn't listen to what you just said about <laughs> how you can how you can get a, a, you know combine an e-commerce sale with a sales force and still give the salesperson credit for that sale, the next sales coming up, that's a great way to do it. Just have them go out and, and establish a relationship after the initial sale. Make sure that things are going like they need to be. So then any new sales, they will get the commission on that sale. Right. That, that's yeah. just, that's so easy and, and, and not so easy, I should say. <laughs> so it's, it's so, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. We, we, we want to take that time and make their, make a better customer experience. We know that the, the experience, it, the experience level that people are expecting is moving up the service level that, that they expect is moving up and using the e-commerce portion of this to eliminate the mundane or the things that we can that make it simple, uh, and can be done simply yeah. really allows us, like you said, to do the higher value things. And even when, um, you talk about the things like, you know, I talked about this with Chris Harrington from Gen Alpha is that if you have customer service people inside your, your company that you can give them better information, like on, on a, just like on a, a part, they're going to order a part for a machine, right? And you go, if, if the system that you're using can say, yes, you want this bearing, but you then also want this gasket on this side and you need these bolts because these are replacement items. When you do this assembly, that you just did two things. The customer is not going to get out there and try to do what they do. And they're, oh, I need these bolts and that gasket's ruined and I'm, you know, I'm screwed right. now. I got to go back and order that. But you increased your order size. Yep. And you made it much easier for the customer service person, the person taking the order to actually give them high quality suggestions and information. Yeah.
Yes. Well, two, two, yeah, a few thoughts based on what you said first. I, I love Chris Harrington and Jen Alpha. So shout out to them. I agree. She's yeah. fabulous. And they're, they're a great group. And, and also to your point and her point, um, I think there's a convergence between the digital tools that are being used by, by end customers and our internal and the internal teams at manufacturers and distributors. And, you know, we have customers where we set up an e-commerce site for them and their internal team uses it instead of their other tools because it's easier to look up parts or information or, you know, content, um, which makes sense, right? Like the, the yeah. same kind of things that customers want to do, the internal team needs to do too. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and I've worked with clients before too, that they use the, their internal people use the same way to place orders that the external person would just because they want to make sure that the experience is good. And with sure. that kind of repetition, you get, you get to, to stress test. You could do a lot of other things on, on changes you make. And, you know, I want to change some cart changes or something. You can really see what, right. what a difference it makes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Because it's, a, it's just so, I mean, the, it's so exciting when you look at the possibilities of, of bringing some of these tools into the manufacturing and distribution environment that really allow you to give, you know, just get people what they need and, and make it easier for everyone to do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ah, good stuff. Well, the one thing that I was going to talk about too, so looking towards the future, what, what is it that you go, wow, I read about this and it's like, that's going to be super cool. <laughs> oh, there are a lot of really exciting things coming in the future. Um, you know, one of, uh, so there's a lot of talk about personalization technology. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we already talked a little bit about it because, um, you know, content and product recommendations are actually a part of leveraging machine learning technology to predict what people are going to want to look at. Yeah. But there are some really interesting other ways to use personalization technology where you can be, um, you know, per, in some sense, like you can almost be predicting what people are going to want before they tell you, <laughs> yeah. uh, before they really give you any insight into that. And you can leverage that in your email communications with customers, um, to your point, Damon, you, like you, those personaliz personalized recommendations can go to your sales team so they can call up customers and say, I think you would be interested in this product. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that is pretty fascinating to me is how that will work. I've also been really interested in um, chatbots, which I think, um, you know, I don't know, I, you know, some of the chatbots that are out there aren't that great. But yeah. I think there's a lot of work being done on them that is really interesting. And I think they're increasingly getting better where it, it, if they're done right, they can they can work through some questions with people and then at, at a certain point prompt them or move them into a conversation with a real person, but help yeah. people get some answers back quickly. So so, yeah, those are those are a few of the things that yeah, I think are it, cool out there. Because if the chat box wor would work better. I think it would be a really nice solution for a lot of a lot of simple questions. But there's yeah. just so so many you get in there just too clunky, and you're always hitting to get to talk to somebody live, especially if you got technical questions. But ah, good stuff. Well, Lori, I, I'm just so happy to be able to talk with you today because this is this is awesome stuff that you get to work on, and, and of course, this manufacturing and distribution and e-commerce is near and dear to my heart. I just appreciate you taking the time with us today and and sharing your sharing your knowledge because it it is so much fun to to hear 
what you're doing and and learn more from you. So thank you. Definitely. Thank you. I had so much fun. You bet. And I want to say thanks, Trish. Another comment. Thanks so much for it. Yeah, we nurturing those relationships is, is the way to go. That's for sure. Definitely. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lori, for being here today. We're going to wrap up today for this episode of The Faces of Business. We will be back here again next week with more interesting people talking about business and life. Thanks so much for being here today, everyone. Thanks.